It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Each and every day, I'm going to bring you news, rumors, transactions, everything about the Cincinnati Reds. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump into today's episode. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for downloading and listening. If you aren't already, make sure that you're subscribed on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. On today's episode, I've got a little bit of a different uh, podcast, more of a different subject. We're looking at a hypothetical. We're looking at an interesting idea that Dave Pemberton, guy who blogs for the Lockdown Reds website and a friend of mine, brought to me. We we fleshed that out on today's podcast. I do want to give you a heads up. The audio quality is a little bit interesting because I thought I had a specific setup ready to go, and I'm dumb. And I made a mistake, and we had to make an adjustment, and it sounds a little goofy, so bear with me on this because I think that the content is awesome, and you're really going to enjoy it. It's just going to sound a little bit different. All right, let's jump right into it. All righty, for today's Locked On Reds, we've got a little bit of a different flavor. We're going to take a look at the Reds' ownership. And I'm not saying that we're going to sit here and bash Bob Castellini for 15 minutes. He might come knock down the door and you'll never hear from me again. So I don't want to try that. What we're going to do is compare the ownership of the Green Bay Packers, the fan ownership that they have, to how it could work for the Reds. Something that would re-energize the fan base, I think, and really kind of reinvigorate the team because I think we all can sit here and look at this offseason and say, what the hell? I thought there was going to be more of this. I thought there was going to be more of that. I thought they were going to care more about contending. We can get into all that later. With me to do this, though, is my friend and blogger at LockedOnReds.com, Dave Pemberton. Dave, how you doing, man? Good, buddy. How you doing? I am doing good. So we've got this idea that you have brought to me, and I appreciate that, brought that to me on, on this, the day of the Saturday. Anyway, whatever, that's a bad thing. Um, <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to talk about this. So the idea is to change the ownership mentality from what it is to more of a fan-centric because, let's be honest, it's baseball, it's a game, we want to win. So let's talk about this. Let's present this idea right now. What do we got? I kind of looked at it from the viewpoint where in the film Moneyball, Brad Pitt goes into the room and those guys are trying to come up with ways to replace these players that they don't have anymore. And they are viewing it from a very old school, we're going to build these guys into Oakland A's athletic baseball players, and that's how this is going to be, and we're going to be a good team. And I feel like the Cincinnati Reds keep trying to sell us on that same mentality when things don't go their way and they know that they have to make tough decisions rather than make those tough decisions 
they keep selling us the same bag of goods. And to the same extent, that scene where Brad Pitt takes the guy out in the hallway and the guy's like, what are we doing here? He goes, he goes, are we going to, you know, continue doing what we've always done and made these guys into good athlete or good uh, baseball players the way the A's have always done? Are we going to do something different like you want to do? And Brad Pitt looks at him, he says, adapt or die. And that's kind of what we're here to talk about. And I'm going to talk about a few of the things that I looked up as far as how the Green Bay Packers do view things differently and you can kind of take it or leave it as far as um, what you think about that. Green Bay Packers, as many of you know, are owned by their fans. Um, upon doing a little more extensive research, 361,000 people roughly, um, representing a little over 5 million shares, are the owners of the iconic franchise. They have several stock offerings throughout their ownership um, or throughout the t time that they've been on that team. The latest was in 2011. In 2011, 250,000 um, new shareholders were actually made during that process. Uh, they sold 269,000 shares. The latest stock offering was $250 a share. Um, on top of that, that actually comes to a $67 million, over $67 million investment from the fans. No single person can own more than 200,000 shares. Um, which makes it to where, you know, no one person has a massive grasp. And to be honest with you, from what I read, it doesn't sound like it's really in your favor to own more than one stock. That's sure. part of the reason you have so many people doing that. Um, the other part of this, too, is just because you own a stock doesn't mean you're actually going to make money off it. Shareholders, it's more of an investment as a fan versus an investment to make money off. This isn't GameStop. Um, <laughs> so if you do own stock, you don't make money off it. Here's the flip side of that from an ownership point of view. Forbes magazine recently stated that the Green Bay Packers are worth $2.63 billion. That is the 27th most valuable franchise in all of sports, not just football. And I should, when I say sports, I don't even necessarily mean to this country, I mean the world. I want to remind people that the Green Bay Packers metropolitan area is slightly over 316,000 people. You compare that to the small market of Cincinnati as well, where we only have 2.1 million people. The new investment from the Packers was mainly for upgrades, but that's not really what this matters for. When you look at the fans, and I read a few articles in particular from Sports Illustrated, and it interviewed a fan. He said, the benefit that we get is that our team is run by a board members that their only goal is to make money so the franchise survives. And that happens by the team winning. So that way you don't have to worry about an owner falling in love with a player and the draft or overriding the general manager. The big part of that is that the fans get a say in who and how the team runs. Now granted, we're not going to be setting the day-to-day -day lineups and signing individual players, sure. even though we might want to, um, but I think that gives us a much bigger say in what goes on as a fan. No, and that's it makes total sense because... When you look at the way that ownership works, and especially you think of the whole Billy Hamilton thing from a couple of years ago where it was like, oh, the reason that he's around is because Bob wants him around, things like that. It, it just kind of makes you wonder that wouldn't fans do a better job? But the counter is we're hoping yes. that the current team, yes. they, they, they're good. They know baseball. <laughs> they know bat and ball and hit ball. And this is how we run a team, right? Yes. We're comfortable with the players that we have now, and we expect them to do what they should do. And we saw how that worked out last season. Again, last season was exciting for the last two weeks of the year, 
but it's 2021 and we're already talking about that playoff window being closed and that's not right. So the the biggest question would first be how do you entice the current ownership regime to change? I think the biggest part of that would be expanding their brand. Mm-hmm. Um, let's face it until last year the maybe the year before um, not many people were excited to go to the ballpark. Yeah. Um, I think that's an understatement. Uh, we would get excited about going to see prospects play, um, <laughs> which is a, is a hardcore fan. That's great, but that's hard to sell your, you know, person that might only come down the ballpark once a year. Um, I think the other big part of that is that <laughs> your goal with all of this obviously is winning and to continue to have a successful franchise. How are you doing that? from a generational standpoint, when you haven't had a winning team in, or I shouldn't say a winning team, just a winning playoff team in over 25 years now. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like with that guy who comes here once a year, Mm -hmm. are they going to be really excited to pay $14 for a beer so that they can watch so-and-so do something? Yeah. That's no, that is what it's come to. And you talk to, I talk to people, all the time about they know that we're hardcore Reds fans. We have season tickets. You talk to your average Joe. What what incentive do they have to go down to the ballpark besides I get free tickets? Yeah. I mean, in the last few years, it's been hard to justify that. You hear people that I would say are bandwagon fans. Most of them will tell you about Brandon Phillips and Jay Bruce. They don't talk about even some of the newer players the Reds have signed. They got a little excited last year, but I think, you know, pandemic hindered all that. People not being able to actually go to the ballpark. But it's hard to sell people on what should be a great organization, or at least has the history of being a great organization, when since the new ownership has had the team, again, we're not bashing Bob totally in this, but in the 16 years or 15 years that he's owned them, we've only had four winning seasons. Right. And the playoff window that looked like it was opening has abruptly closed itself and shattered itself on its hand and is slowly bleeding out. So what about the onus on making money with a small market team like this one when it comes to, well, there's only so much we can spend, and and, and how would that all work with uh, fan ownership? Fan ownership is an investment. It also, you can use it like the Packers do to where you can use it to make stadium improvements or improvements elsewhere to where they don't have to do that. The Reds got a new scoreboard that I think cost millions of dollars just a few years ago that they could have or may have asked the taxpayers for, but ultimately paid for themselves. That would be something that they wouldn't have to do. That's money that could be allocated somewhere else. The most recent investment from the Packers, just to give you an idea from a, a fiscal standpoint, was over $67 million. I don't expect the Reds to raise that kind of money if they offer a stock offering tomorrow. But to think that even a fraction of that, let's say a quarter of that, that's $15 million that the Reds could have done something with mm-hmm. to put towards maybe trying to make an attempt to re-sign a Cy Young Award winner or to have an actual shortstop in the starting team. <laughs> that would have been an exciting thing to go to the ballpark this year. And they, I know for a fact that the Reds have a fan base that they right now they could currently do that with. The thing that concerns me is, is do they get to a point where you can't rely on the fact that you have the big red machine and the 1990 World Series team with current generations, it's trend. It's trending that way. I have a I have a five year old son. I was eight years old myself when the Reds last won a playoff thing. It, he will love the Reds because I do. I can't say the same for a lot of people from his generation and his friends. 
All right, so coming up, Dave, we've got a little bit more here on the ownership idea. Something we're going to look at, too, is the biggest obstacle in the way of this idea. But first, it's time for you to go put your sports knowledge to the test. You can make a couple of bucks off of it, too, at betonline.ag. They've got all the best odds and lines whenever it comes to the different sports out there. Right now, lots of college basketball and NBA action going on for you to make a couple of dollars off of. Also, if you want to look at the futures for Major League Baseball, I've talked a lot about the division futures. Let's look at the World Series. Right now, the odds-on favorite to win the World Series, you guessed it, the repeat performance from the Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 320. The Reds are sitting at plus 3,300, so plus 3,300. You'll make a couple of bucks if that happens. What's interesting is Bet Online gives them better odds to win the World Series than the Washington Nationals, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Chicago Cubs, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Marlins, the Giants, all those different teams. So check them out on betonline.ag. And when you do, set up your profile and type in the promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% more on your initial deposit. That's right. You put in 100 bucks, they'll give you an extra 50 just for typing in Locked On. So head on over to betonline.ag, set up your profile, and type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% more on your initial deposit. And listening to the Locked On Reds podcast just continues to pay off, this time in the snack game. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. I'm not even joking. I'm not even lying when I say that these are amazing snacks, guys. In fact, our buddy Clay Snowden, who writes for LockedOnReds.com, said, Jeff, I actually went to the website. I actually got some Built Bars. And I actually love it. So check it out for yourself. They've got all these amazing flavors, like Cherry Barcia, which was my favorite until I had the Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar. All of this stuff tastes like candy, but it's good for you. It's a protein bar that doesn't taste like chalk. I mean, how many of you have had a protein bar and you're like, what is this? What am I putting in my mouth? Built Bar's not that way. You're going to take one bite. You're going to be hooked. Check them out. BuiltBar.com. And when you do, enter the promo code Locked On. To get 20% off your next order, Built Bar is 100% real chocolate, 0% guilt. Check them out today, BuiltBar.com. Promo code locked on for 20% off your next order. And before we jump right back into the ownership talk with Dave Pemberton, I want to urge you, you got to check out Locked On Today. Of course, after this podcast is over, but Locked On Today is changing the game. It's your one-stop shop for everything you need to know in the day's news of the sports world. Peter Bukowski, host of the Locked On Packers podcast, also does a bang-up job hosting Locked On Today, taking a look around the sports landscape and bringing you exactly what you need to know. Check out Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. We began the idea of this fan ownership thing, something that I think is going to be really awesome should somebody actually listen and pay attention to us, because I hope that they are. So what about the idea of having way too many fans in control of at least making the decisions on who's going to make the daily decisions for the team? Like, is there some kind of worry that that might get a little unruly? Not necessarily. Even with so one of the things they do, it's not like they're offering the stock offering every day. They've only done it five times in the ninety-eight years that fans have had ownership of the team for the Packers since nineteen twenty-three. Um, 
Plus, it's not like me and you are going to be sitting down and voting every day on who's going to be batting first and second. We, Our biggest say would be that we actually get to have a voice in the governance of this team and who the general manager is and maybe who they look at to hire people. Not necessarily like the individual stuff, but the big part of that is that way as a fan base, we can't look at our... We would be able to look at ourselves and say, okay, we're making mistakes. How do we fix this? And I, I think the mutual agreement is between us and the ownership, if, if the Reds were to do something like this, would be the fact that we would have one goal in common, and that's winning, and winning makes money, and everybody likes money. Fans like it because more people show up to the ballpark. We got more, we'd have a, a better, more invested team from a standpoint of both the ownership and its fan base. I can't tell you how many people that I've just pitched the idea to that aren't even necessarily, I would say, even mildly uh, invested Reds fans that have said, oh, yeah, I'd own a stock. To put a piece of paper on my wall that says Cincinnati Reds and I own part of a team, to be able to tell people that I own part of the team, just to be able to say that would be huge. And I think that that would also be a big investment outside of the tri-state or metropolitan Cincinnati area to where you would have people that would look at baseball like, who could I like? I talk to people all the time. What team should I root for? I'm getting into a sport. Can you really sell them on the res? Probably not. Not right now. People like winners. We were talking earlier about how a good example would be a team like the New England Patriots. Nobody really, they were always kind of a backdrop in NFL football. All of a sudden they start winning. They're one of the most valuable teams in football. That from the ownership standpoint should be enough for them to be like, well, maybe we should. You look at a team like the Packers. They've been relevant for a very long time now. In particular, they've had a run from... 92 since when they drafted Brett Favre all the way up until now, they're still a very relevant team. And I think the ownership um, could stand a benefit from an investment like this. I think it would definitely draw people to the ballpark because it would give them a reason to, to be there every day, to look at their investment and say, how do we make this better? Or, or I don't know, it, it just would be big for the city. And hiding behind the small market has got to stop. That's something that we as a town and city have got to stop doing. It's something that, and even as fans, it's almost like we should stop accepting that moniker. because, And it's like you said, with the Packers being very valuable, but even more so in name recognition. Like yep. If you went overseas to somewhere in Europe or somewhere in Asia or something like that, and you mentioned the Green Bay Packers or you mentioned the Cincinnati Reds, I venture a guess to say that probably five, maybe six times more people will recognize the name Packers before they recognize the name Reds. Absolutely. And as a hardcore Reds fan too, you you bring up that point. If you talk to people about the Packers that are, are unaware or live overseas, they would probably tell you Cheeseheads yeah. and either Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. They know something at least semi-relevant about this team or that has happened soon. If you go talk to people that might know who the Reds are, most people will tell you, oh yeah, Big Red Machine. Big Red Machine, yeah. And Again, we're not playing into that. I love learning anything and getting any piece of information I can on the Big Red Machine. But we're closing in on, what is that, 45 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> that's a long time. And, and that's hard to sell to, to future generations that, yeah, we were good 40 years ago. That's not something that draws people to the ballpark as much yeah. anymore. And and I think the other thing, just from a demographic standpoint, like baseball is getting older. You need a new infusion of fans. You don't get that by pitching teams that were a lot were 40 years old now that that's not how you how you get fans in the ballpark what's the biggest obstacle to this idea the biggest obstacle to this idea would definitely be going to bob castellini and saying we want a winning team and him pitching that strictly from a fiscal standpoint yeah 
I, th I know without a doubt that would be it. Um, but I think the bigger sell on that would be convincing him we are infusing money to make you more money. We aren't going to profit from this as, as financial owners. This will be a piece of paper that sits on my wall like my college degree. Like It's nice that it sits there. It's something that I show people. But it doesn't really do a whole lot like financially for me. I'm not making money off that. Right. This, you would. This would be something that would be a huge investment for them as a, a fan group. And I think going forward, it would also, I think, bring a sense of honesty to this group. Because I feel like, especially this year, we've been... <laughs> We keep getting pitched the idea that we're out here doing our best. We're just we, we we're trying to get these guys. We're we're trying to trade for these guys, and it's not happening. But we are doing our best. We can do better. We can do better as an organization, as a team, and fans know that. And the best way to do that, I think, would be to go to the fans and be honest and say we're not doing that. How this is how you could help us, and this is how as being a fan you could actually have a have a say and not call into your local radio station anymore or go on your favorite podcast and tell people this is how the organization should be run and you always get that look of oh and you pat on the head like oh well you don't know how to run a baseball team and all this stuff. it's a baseball team yeah. we, we want to have fun we want to go to the ballpark and we want to watch a winning baseball team and i don't think that that is too hard of an ask and i i think that it would definitely be a system that works, especially if like you pitch an idea, maybe the the current owners remain with like a big portion of the vote, but not something that completely overrides the fan vote. Like you have Absolutely. a fan vote that is the majority. Absolutely, it would have to. You would still have to to pitch it on the idea that you guys are still the owners of this team. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe your hands aren't in as much of the bigger decision making as far as the personnel goes. You want to you want to do stuff to the stadium. You want to do stuff as far as community outreach. That's that's great. That that's on you. Our goal is to to win. Your goal is to make money. We can do them both together. And I think you have to pitch it as an idea of, in order to in order to do this, in order to make you guys. I mean, how much were the Reds bought for? A, a little over a hundred million. Yeah. They're worth one billion today. Imagine if in that time frame they had won at least one or two World Series. Do you think that that net worth would still be one billion? Yeah. It would probably be much more. It probably significantly north of that. Significant. And not only that, but you would have a fan base that is invested for their life, or at least for the next five to ten years, and aren't seeking a new ship to to hang their their hat on. Because I know too many people that you talk to them. I can't be a Reds fan because they don't. They're not interested in winning baseball games, and that's what. It, as a hardcore fan, I, I can't believe that, but as sad reality is, it's slightly becoming true. Well, let's be honest. Probably the two most common reasons people say that they are Reds fans is, number one, I'm from Cincinnati, or I grew up here, lived here all my life, and number two, well, I remember the good old days. Yes, and, and you talk about making an appeal to other fans. I think the biggest appeal to make fans outside of this area would be that stock ownership. Yeah. I know people here that they have a plaque on their wall that's nicer than what they have for most of the stuff they have their kids in <laughs> that shows that they own stock in the Green Bay Packers. They watch those games like it's their kid out on a t-ball field. They have a huge investment as a fan. Why can't Cincinnati be like that? Why do we have to keep selling ourselves on this is a small market? We don't deserve this. Like, we do. We are fans. We know how good this team is. It can be. We have seen it. Past generations have seen it. I want my kids to see that. I want all Cincinnati Reds fans to see that. We deserve so much better than what we're being dealt right now. And it's frustrating. 
I think that's a perfect way to end the podcast, Dave. I appreciate you presenting this idea. This is an idea that I'm totally behind. It's something that if I were uh, presented it tomorrow, hey, buy some stocks in the Reds, I'd totally buy stock. Because number one, I think that, like you said, it, it throws into a pool that helps the team get better, helps the roster grow, and it gives fans the not really the power, but it gives them decision-making power to help the team move the way that they want to see it move. And, and like you said, it's much better than just calling into a radio station or ranting into a microphone on a podcast or something like that. <laughs> and, and, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Not a problem. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's Locked On Reds podcast. On tomorrow's podcast, we're going to take a look and catch you up with the chatter around spring training lots of zoom calls lots of guys talking about the offseason what their expectations are for this coming season we got some joey Votto. we got some jose de leon a little bit of hunter green as well and of course david bell's got some thoughts we're gonna break those all down and more on tomorrow's locked on reds podcast coming up later this week too you're not gonna want to miss the interview with doug gray get a take on his get his take on the offseason as well as what he's looking for this spring training as we're getting going here. Everybody's working out. Also, real quick before we end the podcast, a shout-out. This would be the birthday of the greatest manager in Reds history. Sparky Anderson was born February twenty second, 1934. So happy birthday, Sparky, and hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey! Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 